you could have heard this episode 40 hours early on our Patreon, patreon.com slash indieheadspodcast. By joining us for as low as $1 a month, you'll receive episodes early and gain access to our Discord server. All of our upcoming episodes, including this series, will be up on our Patreon 48 hours before it hits our public podcast feeds. If you're hearing this via our Patreon feed, we thank you so much for your support. We especially want to thank our Real Ones patrons, including Tony DeSofrafino, Chris Wade, Selectric, David Colbert, Maze Farms, Bex, Georgia Mikowski, AJ Moser, Rachel Hartman, Noah Kurtz, Waffle113, Alex Bilovich, Alec Felder, Adam Edwards, Jackson Christ, Elizabeth F., and Derek Pemberton. To become a real one, consider supporting us with a $5 a month donation where we'll receive bonus episodes every month and get a shout out at the top of the pod. But before we forget in this episode, we'll be doing a live stream next Friday, March 19th at 8pm Eastern on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash IndieHeadsPodcast. Myself, Gavin, Alex, AJ, and special guest Barely March will be put through the gauntlet of weird YouTube videos as we celebrate the culture of call commercial music. We'll be joined by various guests and friends throughout the stream, so once again, it'll all be happening next Friday at 8pm Eastern on YouTube.com slash IndieHeadsPodcast. Anyways though, enjoy the episode. everybody and welcome back to the idiots podcast we are in part two of the gremlin mindset guide volume one of course we talked about the years 2010 to 2016 in our previous episode going through records from the drones girl band proto martyr daughters scott walker liars girl toss and more but now we are on to part two as we are looking at the years 2017 to 2019 for the proto gremlin canon of course once again, joined by Rose, DJ Horse Jeans, Natalie. Let's just get right back into it. Our next record in the Proto Gremlin canon is Priest, Nothing Feels Natural, which came out just a few weeks after Trump was uh, officially inaugurated in the White House. I mean, we picked, we picked a good point of inflection because this is an yeah. important point to signify and a very, very appropriately timed album but also like this album like any other album that was released in uh, the months of january and february 2017 was saddled with baggage it did not know it was going to be saddled with uh like i i compared this in my review to uh we got it from here thank you to your service because they're both albums that were written before trump was elected but then were then immediately looked through the lens of being Trump albums. And I think that maybe might've been why I didn't get into it at first, besides maybe just that this wasn't the kind of punk music I was listening to as much at the time. But like the more that time has passed, the more I have gotten into this album, because this is not, this album is not a reaction to Trump. And the reason why you know that is because the most important priest lyric of all time is Barack Obama killed something in me and I'm going to get him for it. And like this, this album, the way, the way I described it in my write-up, which you should go read on the Indie Heads podcast, Substack, if you're not already subscribed, do it. It's, it's going to be great. .com. Baby. But if you read, if you read my, my, uh, my whole thing, I talk about gremlin music and how it's not as didactically political, but abstractly political to respond to the absurdism of being alive now and how ridiculous, like in the way that we can't do like parody comedy SNL anymore because things are too ridiculous. Like the, the absurd requires an absurd response. And I think priests are a great band at this because they managed to combine explicitly political lyrics that have a POV with 
a ab abstract, like we've talked about in the last episode, like the sense of detachment and the sense of feeling outrage, but also feeling like, what is the point of my outrage? Because I feel completely powerless to do anything tangible about uh, the world that we've all been uh, built into. And at first I didn't know if this was going to be a band in the Gremlin canon, because I think they are a little a little more accessible in certain ways than other of these bands because like if you listen to like JJ like they do have senses of pop and melody and they do have kind of some maybe more traditional song structures but then I mean you listen to Appropriate right now which is playing like I, I don't know how I ever thought this band wasn't Gremlin music when the the first lyrics that happen when the guitars take in on this album is I've ate maggots I've tasted bugs I ate maggots <laughs> I've tasted bugs and she just, there are five different refrains in that song that we just heard that are so fucking catchy and so evocative. Like I love the, the whole passage of the song that I quoted in my Substack. It's a long movie, a long, long movie. And you are not you, you are not you contestant, contestant, you're on Wheel of Fortune, you're on Wheel of Fortune over and over and over again. It's just like, it's exactly what the Grimman mindset is all about. It is simultaneously a metaphor that you can break down and and have intellectual thoughts about, but mainly it exists for you to stomp around like like a maniac in your house too. And this, this whole album is just, I was really blown away because I, I knew I wanted to include it in the canon, but when I came back to it, I was like, wait, wait, is this album, like, amazing, amazing? Like, I thought this album was good, but I was just, like, blown away with how... I mean, Natalie, you were talking in the chat about how this album is, like, 33 minutes and not a single second of it is at all wasted. It's just this, like, yeah. efficient machine, and I love it. Yeah, that's... I, I had a similar response where I, I liked it quite a bit when it dropped, but I feel like revisiting it now was kind of one of those things where, like, looking back with hindsight, it's kind of, like the sense of efficiency at play here and the, the the exact kind of like specific and yet abstract or like deliberately vague lyrical style where like Katie Greer will throw out a hyper specific line but because you don't have any context for it you're just kind of left to wonder what the fuck it even means or how it fits into the context of everything else that all of that like really hit me um, one part that I did want to like touch on because you mentioned how like JJ is like one of the few songs that kind of has that like very sort of melodic structure to it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like something that hit me kind of going back to it for this and like looking at it in this context is just the number of songs that just kind of lock into one groove or like one sort of like rhythmic pattern and even when like the song shifts into a refrain it'll like lock into that so i'm thinking stuff like no big bang or like mm -hmm. pink white house where like it's moving between these different song sections but what the band is doing often just kind of stays the same and stays static and kind of keeps you in that like hypnotized state that i feel like is mm -hmm. really vital to like gremlin music yeah, and I feel like, especially, like, I think the best epitomization of this is, I don't know if y'all have listened to it, but the extended version of the Closer Suck. Yes! Yes. You know, that EP, like, so they made a set, six and a half minute version of it, which just, like, completely sticks with that groove the entire way through, and it, it's brilliant in a way, because, like, it is admittedly a little bit too melodic to really be considered grimo at that point, because, you know, they've got, like, on woodwind sections although you know like we could debate about that because you know there's 
other I, wood gremlin bands who have done just that. I I, I, I think I, I said in the intro that I do make exceptions, and I think priests are like the perfect exception because they only use melody to communicate like this is a, a, an emotional yeah, yeah, album definitely. in certain ways and they use it like sparingly and like very pointedly as opposed to like having it be like kind of the 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 whole thing that they're because they have the the jj and suck and songs that have more of that kind of surf rock feel to them more so than like hard edge post-punk but then you've got appropriate you've got pink white house you've got like the the freak out moments that sound more like their sound on bodies and control and money and power, which I also love and also thought about including in the canon because and breeding and doctor are just two of my favorite punk songs of the 2010s. But I think that nothing feels natural is like their best album, their definitive document as a band. Like I really, really hope that priests, they, they, they're on an indefinite hiatus now, basically saying that like, they were at a point in their band where they were kind of having an identity crisis after their bass player left and not really sure exactly what it is that they wanted to do. And sort of, instead of trying to force it, basically said, let's take a hiatus, let's go work on our own music and like, we'll come back together if it makes sense. And I hope it makes sense. And I hope maybe they find a different, I like Seduction of Kansas. I think that album got more hate than it deserved just because it had the misfortune of coming after Nothing Feels Natural and having, and they're going for a different sound on that album. And they're also, they were doing that whole, like, we're not a punk band thing. We're a rock band, which is a can of worms I I don't even want to get into. But like, <laughs> I, I, I think that the this album is the album where like the raw promise of bodies and control and money and power like really comes together in something that feels very very polished in, in that it's like super duper well put together and structured but is completely unhinged in its delivery and katie alice greer is like i think one of my hall of fame gremlin vocalist like the shit She's that she so is doing on this album is unbelievable like the line delivery of every single line it just they bounce around my head like a pinball and all the time i just i'll wake up in the morning and i have katie alice Greer yelling new hope for the great unwashed new hope for the great unwashed <laughs> like over and over again in my head like it's so catchy but also so deranged a couple digressions here i guess uh first of all I just think Seduction of Kansas is actually their best record, but that's not the wow. debate I want to get into. Wow. And secondly, hot I think takes. I, I'm aware that it's a hot take, but I believe in it fully. And secondly, I think uh, one of the songs on here, JJ, gets into a very important secret trait of the Gremlin mindset, which is wanting to be a cowboy. Oh hell yes, I love <laughs> I, I I love that 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 uh, that chorus so much yeah we'll get into it he only wears two kinds of hats the other wears a cowboy hat or like a stussy hat that's it no in between (laughs) god i really want to see i really want to see this is a total non sequitur but i have to say this i really really would like to see jordy greep in like suspenders and like a belt like a pants that are like pulled up above his waistband and like the world's biggest cowboy hat like i'm imagining that in my head right now and i would like i would like him to gallon hat. look all i'm saying is gl jaguar in priests there was a time where he would wear a cowboy hat every time he performed and black midi they're already halfway there they have a song called western we'll get into it what i'm saying is the gremlin mindset means you want to be a cowboy <laughs> not that far because look 
I do like we're we're joking, but like that's really what it is that, that being a cowboy, or at least this this idea of obviously you know in terms of what actually the is American a myth of the cowboy. The American myth of the cowboy is is true and utter freedom, and that is what the gremlin mindset represents. At the end of the day, it is true and utter freedom from the human body and the spirit. It's just letting your it, it's pure vulnerability and not vulnerability in that like oh like you know you're like not 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 that kind of vulnerability where you go to the therapist and you tell you all your secrets and stuff i mean vulnerability just 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 the feeling of it of just like letting yourself go to the music and i think I mean, this record at a time really does get at that like this i stuff. actually just in this moment made the decision that you won't you won't get what you want is in the gremlin canon because what you're talking about is 100 percent the pardon ocean song where he breaks free and he's like I don't want to live in a house. I don't want to have a job. I don't want to have to have to be a person in this society. I want to sprint and run as fast as I can and be <laughs> and go return to monkey. That is really what Gremlin Mindset is about. <laughs> it's about the return to monkey. If, if Ocean Song had a video with wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yes. monkeys. Yes. I was gonna say yes. like Coldplay is part of the Gremlin canon. Oh my god, Coldplay is part of the Gremlin canon. Uh, Adventure we gotta of a Lifetime. Ask Chris Martin, what his thoughts are on like you? You did. You things. did. Con- you did convince me, Horse Jeans, to about you won't get what you want. And I feel like if I revisit it now, like especially with the context of having written all of this and like discussing it with all of you, I feel like I'll I'll kind of my mind will sway. I think I'll I'll think I'll come to that side. Oh my Hell god! Yeah. There's a tweet from friend of the show or new friend of the show, uh, Sasha Geffen, uh, a recent viral tweet from them. Uh, I don't think anyone should have to hustle. I think everyone should get to live in a nice house and do nothing if they want. <laughs> And that's truly the spirit of, of the Gremlin mindset. It is it is screaming your head off enough that maybe hopefully they just let you into a nice house and you just get to stay there. And it's great. Um, but just, just give me like a warm meal every now and then I'll be chill. Exactly. But um, I, I didn't, like I said, whatever y'all to say about Priest, that's it was going to say, this is a great record. I've, I've been on the Priest train, or at least this record's train since it came out. It was very early on in the year contender. In 2017, I am not a seduction of kansas fan i i i on a level i appreciate what they were trying to go for but it's very clearly like a band going through identity crisis isn't that a congleton record yep that's a congleton joint congleton. Oh, yeah rose is a congleton and, and again freak. it's like congleton he either gives you the best records of your career or he gives you the one that everyone fucking hates and some people disagree about we, we, actually, <laughs> actually actually often that, that that's what happens is that john congleton yep. does your record and half of the fans will be like this fucking sucks and i hate it so much and the other half of the fans are like this is the best album they've ever done literally like the most important case study of this is fucking ajj like they, I, they, I, they, I they, was gonna say she who shall not be named but uh no oh no i wasn't gonna mention <laughs> well, like i'm not talking about weird listen it's on that everyone's like yeah no like <laughs> her best daddy boyfriend. is en route okay he's not home yet what, what, what if what if daddy's home what what if she had the whole advertising campaign where she's like it's a 70s warm Wurlitzer and wit and then what if the album was a gremlin album produced by dan carey that that would that would rule i would i, I would love like that daddy's home i really do neither, that's my I, problem. I don't want to like the, this the, the only daddy's home that there's room for in my heart is the video that i have shared on twitter multiple times that gavin sent me <laughs> of the bdsm butt rock song called daddy's home that is the only butt rock daddy's home we recognize in this household. Okay. Before we move on, I just want to give a quick shout out to Puff. That's a great song. Um, Puff rules. 
Hell yeah. It, 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 my favorite song on the record, honestly. It's extremely underrated. But um, Also, shout out to Katie Alice Greer's like, solo EPs that she's been putting out. There's like a really wide variety there. I especially recommend Three Colors. Like That has one of my favorite songs she's ever written on there. It's called Virgin Mary Fanfic. <laughs> oh, God, hey. she rules so much. Big fan. <sighs> All right. Amazing. Well, uh, our next record in the Gremlin canon is Warm Bodies' self-tile release, which came out on April Fool's Day 2018. And uh, Natalie, you have been a a huge proponent for this record. I think, did you? Yes. I was going to say, did you get this into our decade list? Yes. Yes. This ended up on on my decade list just because uh, this... When this came out in 2018, I'm pretty sure I found it through the one and only time that Pitchfork has ever covered them by reviewing it. And... The, the the appeal of something this unchecked and this feral naturally just like called out to me and the the like feral part of my brain just like fully latched onto it and never really let go and it's it's kind of it's funny that whenever i realized this came out on april fool's day that like makes perfect sense because warm bodies are kind of like one of those bands where you're not sure if it's just like an elaborate troll like what they're going through like their sound and like their lyrics and just the absurdities they take their songs to but i i don't know i find it like very fascinating in this compelling way that we it it kind of bandwagons off of what we were just talking about with um with some of priest qualities because i feel like for me, when I think of bands that, like, give themselves fully to, like, making gremlin music and, like, really fully propel themselves into it, pushing their body to the limits, like, this is the album that, like, comes to mind for me. Um, just for for one thing, just for how it sounds, which is this really bizarre subversion of, like, surf punk, where every band member is playing, like, a full, like, 20 to 40 BPM faster than you've heard, like, anything else in the genre. And then you have Olivia Gibb, the front woman, basically screeching these inhuman howls, like, at the top of her register, and to the point where it renders the words, like, almost completely unintelligible, but also like so much of the lyricism when you do get down to it and you really have to like search it out because it is so hard to figure out what the fuck Olivia Gibb is saying on this album uh, are like these really fascinating, grotesque sort of like miniature, like body horror things where so much of it is rooted around kind of like the limits of like human mortality and like, reducing flesh and skin and all of these things that represent the corporeal down to like their signifier down to kind of like the idea that they are just a symbol of like our own sort of like mortal life and it feels like in that regard like the ways in which the band projects themselves like instrumentally production wise like are pretty much exactly kind of like what they're doing within their lyrics um i i'm mostly whenever i think about it i think of the song i need a doctor which basically has her giving a vocal performance that like if you were an unsuspecting person you would imagine that like she would be having like an actual like medical crisis on this song it sounds like she is in legitimate physical pain like she is like on the verge of like basically like mortal peril and and the ways in which the entire sort of like very fast guitars and drum fills and constant shrieking just kind of like 
always represents that in a way that feels like the band has been possessed by gremlins and they're just kind of like letting them all just go with it and just put it all the record it it's i don't know whenever i think of kind of like the idea of a band being possessed by gremlin energy i just kind of think of whatever the fuck is going on on this album (laughs) I, I mean, the very first song on this album is "I'm a Dog," and I th- I, th- I think the the lyrical style of that should be all the indication you need that this is this is uh, a Gremlin rock album when you combine yeah. it with the Sonic character, and also uh, "I Need a Doctor." Very, very, very different than the Dr. Dre song "I Need a Doctor." <laughs> very <laughs> not not, not, not at all the same in any other way. This this is this is the type of song you would imagine needs a title. I need a doctor because yes, it sounds actually like yes. This is but the no, first... no, no, that's yeah. That what you were saying about like even how the album starts is it starts with this sort of like positioning of like the firmly animalistic kind of what we were again just talking about is this sense of just like the first thing you hear is the vocalist basically being like I'm basically a feral animal. Here is me unleashing myself onto this record for the next 20 minutes in that mode. Yeah, this album is very sick. I was really glad that you recommended it for the canon because I hadn't listened to it before and I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, this totally belongs. I, It's really clever and tongue-in-cheek in the way that all... I really, really love... Uh, there's an incredible joke in the track listing. The song D.B. Cooper, which is like... It's D.B. Cooper, as in the famous guy who hijacked an airplane uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and jumped out of the sky. But it's also, it's written as, like, D-flat Cooper. Anyways, <laughs> I think that's very funny. Uh, I, I have been with this album for, like, three years, and I just noticed that. So thank you for that. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. This, this, this band is great. They're just fucking wild in the way that makes it very obvious why they're a fit for the great this is not one of those albums that we've talked about that's like kind of on the cusp and you can make arguments either way this is fully post society post i mean the the cover art is perfect it's 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 literally uh crayon drawn and it's beautiful yeah i think we discussed when we were talking about like selecting albums that like gremlin album covers are like two formats it's like pictures of architecture or like similarly kind of like very sort of staid like drawings like kind of like proto mars agent intellect cover or it's like the most like feral crew drawing that you can imagine and this is like a perfect fit for that yeah it, it's it's there's there's a spectrum and on one end of the spectrum is the silence yourself cover and on the other end of the spectrum is the warm bodies cover Alrighty, well, let us move on to our next sacred text in the Gremlin mindset. So we're going to skip over a couple because, again, we have a very important one at the end. We want to make sure that we really focus our energy. We have to, we're building up, all right? We're, it's coming close to midnight. We got to be ready when it comes through. So our, our next record in the in the Gremlin canon, um, I think actually let's – we I want to discuss this one because I do think we had – it was one that was on the cusp. Yeah. And I do want to hear some defense for it. Uh, the Lithics record, Meeting Services, which came out on May 25th, 2018. Uh, Horse Jeans, you're the one who picked this one. I, 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 and I listened to a little bit of it today. I didn't get a chance to get to, through it all because we had to record the pod. But I, I, well, why? Actually, I did actually listen to one in the fall. I didn't get to the, I didn't get to the last two or three on here. But uh, 
why why this record why why is this a a a gremlin canon text to you so i wanted to include this because there are a couple of bands that i think like i've talked about subvert the kind of crazy off the cut like like what we've been talking about this whole time of going feral like i think that this band seems like maybe it shouldn't qualify because the the vocal delivery of the lead singer on this album is very very understated like uh she 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 kind of uh it's mixed the way it's mixed is this album is a little more minimal than a lot of other gremlin albums and it's also like she's she's doing more of like a spoken word uh kind of uh thing than she is like fully letting go but what the result of that is is it really lets like the instrumentation here sign and this is the specific blend of like dance punk and math rock that is going on here is like i think to me like very close to the textbook definition like musically of like what this this whole genre is all about and i think when you listen to mating services it's an album that it took a while for me to get fully into it because it is a little bit like samey like they're in such a particular pocket and they are so good at making this particular kind of song that the first time i was listening to it i was like it kind of feels like they're doing similar things throughout it but the more the more time i've had to sit with it the more i've really dug into it i really really enjoy it i think a couple of the the really good there are a couple of songs on here that are just fine but the the highlights like ex- there are so many like really really crucial like ex- excuse generator is so great edible door is so great the closing track dancing guy is incredible and i think that they are the fact that she is less uh less crazy vocally allows the 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 musical complexity of the band to really shine through and like we were talking about with those other bands like this is a band where the bassist and the drummer are like really in sync even though they'll often start tracks like a lot of grim and lot rock tracks will start with like you'll have one beat and then the other element will like awkwardly introduce itself and you're like what the hell this sounds like it's about to fall apart and then all of a sudden it just locks into a groove that doesn't make any sense but like you feel it in your feet and i really think that the kind of like almost like the percussive way that she does her spoken word doesn't make it feel like she's just like holding back. It helps carry the energy of the track while also being decidedly more minimalist than a lot of these other bands. And I think the guitar tone on this album is like, again, textbook definition of like what the Gremlin sound is. Like when you listen to the guitars on this album and you listen to like the whole Gremlin rock playlist, like you can really, this is a really clear example of what it is without using words like angular that don't really mean anything mm-hmm. so yeah like i said I, yeah i i like this band a lot they're, they're, they're more on the dance punk side of things i would say and are a little bit uh a little bit a little bit like the odd one out here in some ways but i do think that this album is is important for the canon and i i really really like this album a lot mm-hmm well, alrighty. So, uh, yeah. So I, I do agree that Dancing Guy, though, is like, okay, like that is a Gremlin song. Like, like I said, yeah. sometimes it's an entire record. Sometimes it is just some singles or like an EP. Um, but I mean, we, we, we did albums for the proto list. I think we'll probably expand it to EPs because the thing that's, that's happened, like these, these are big works that are like kind of seeding 
the influences of these other bands. But then what happens around post black midi is that this starts to explode. And like I talked about, like I will listen to any British person with a guitar (laughs) and and there are so many like one-off EPs and singles. And I swear to God, every week Dan Carey finds some other fucking group of musicians that are also really good. And so I, I think, what we were looking for on this list was we were looking for what can we identify that are full length albums that really help you get a sense of what this music is all about and kind of complete statements. As we're talking about, we're, we're not, these are not just good Gremlin rock songs. These are sacred texts that we are enshrining on the wall. We're lighting a sacred candle for each one. It's a very, (laughs) it's a very elaborate process. Mm -hmm. Well, alrighty. So, we have two more secret texts to go that we're going to talk about. There's again, we're, we're going to, uh, unfortunately because of time, we're going to skip over the surfboard record. We're going to skip over the show me the body record. But before we get to, of course, the, the, the gremlin Kings themselves, Pompoko birthday is our, is our, is our latest entry is the next entry into the gremlin canon, And, uh, which came out, let's see on February 22nd, 2019. Uh, Natalie, this is one of your picks. Why does yeah. this deserve to be in the Gremlin canon? I want to say quick thing is fun fact. This actually did come out on my birthday of that year, which is something that is always just kind of really nice for me. Hey. And really fun. Uh, but um, this, this one is another one that I would feel is on the cusp. And I would honestly say that um, just because we now have a, seg- a second text from Pompoko, uh, their really great album cheater from this year, uh, that one is one that I feel like is decidedly not Gremlin, just because a lot of the elements that I feel like make this one are kind of absent. That one has a lot more direct kind of like almost kind of pop song structures in their own very unique way. There's less repetition. There's less kind of like weird time signature stuff going on a lot of the time. But like this one is one that like, I honestly feel like it's not particularly gremlin all of the time, but there is enough of it that kind of fits the gremlin mold that like every time I just kind of listen to this album, I tap into like the gremlin section of my brain. Um, the, the thing that kind of was the deciding factor when I was going through this again, is just the fact that so much of this is dependent on these kinds of like constantly repetitive locked in grooves that are going in throughout the entire time where there are, eventual bills that kind of take off but when they do take off they just kind of skyrocket out of nowhere there's like not really much build up and when there is there's little variation in like the vocal inflection or like changes in the words like the song that uh i selected for this that's playing now theme number one is this two minute intro song where uh ragnall the vocalist just keeps repeating sublime sufficient sublime sufficient over and over until you are just unsure of what that even means what that applies to is this like a mantra for the band is this them describing themselves is this as the song itself goes into with its like second little like repeated phrase a song literally about the miyazaki film Pompoka, or the ghibli film i should say it's a Takahata. Um, yes yes or is yes. it about the band sublime themselves who knows who knows <laughs> who is to but say? like yeah, there, there's, like, a few songs that, like, throughout the album just kind of do this same sort of trick over and over, but each time with, like, a different slant on it. So there's Crazy Energy Night, which kind of is locked into this, like, almost kind of unhinged dance punk groove the entire time, has this single line repeating over and over, kind of in a similar way. And 
the the way in which the instrumentation on this album kind of manifests itself is always in this to lazily borrow a term kind of like angular mindset where it's like taking the foundations of like very sort of like post-punk type guitar tones but like infusing them with this like almost kind of like candy colored like tint to them almost like you've basically Mm -hmm. like let a small creature out in like a candy factory and it's just kind of like going nuts all over the place it's 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 an album that i i feel like when it kind of does go in that direction and it like either is kind of locked into it's like monotone repetition or it's like very unique kind of vocal style which is not quite melodic but almost kind of has this like serrated edge to like how things are happening like ragnall's vocals are such that they do not really resemble any sort of traditional tonality like the way that she sings is like not necessarily perfectly like correct in a way that like we kind of wrap our heads around it but it makes sense for just how jagged and weird the sounds and tones are throughout the rest of the album and so it's it's one that i feel like is l- not quite as informative of like some of the like black midi-esque type stuff that comes forward but i feel like is very informative for a lot of the sort of more energetic forms of like gremlin rock that we see especially in the last couple of years especially Mm -hmm. in the fact that so much of this the lyricism from pompoko both on this album and on cheater are just this strange sort of like mishmash of a bunch of different sentiments that just do not really make sense when you combine it together and part of that may be because the band is norwegian and english is not their first language but also because there's just there's a constant like dark undercurrent going throughout some of the brighter songs here where there's like songs about stalking somebody who has like basically like not returned your affection there's one where um ragnall is basically singing about like going undercover to hide from something but that something is never quite mentioned there's this weird sense of paranoia that's going on throughout the entire album that i think kind of captures a lot of the sort of lyrical slants to some gremlin records that we we have talked about and will talk about going forward well alrighty then that was pom poco's birthday but it is time for the most sacred of sacred gremlin texts when we talk about the moment the, gremlin the moment where it, the, the, it tips over where the water gets on on the mogwai and they and the gremlins are truly let loose we all know that the the origin of this as we talked about was bm 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 was that first that 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 one and only black midi album that we are waiting on the second follow i I loved aj's meme in the chat which was what like an impact font uh uh, f schlagenheim is the best black midi album (laughs) controversial (laughs) opinion or whatever but this album like like you're saying it was it's just it's just massive it's it there's a before and after of when this album hits and you can really tell that like in addition to just the influence of dan carey who is the producer of this album is the label head of speedy wonderground which is a record label out of britain that has produced many of the most important gremlin rock bands including black midi and squid and uh, all sorts of other artists but black country new road but you look at this album and it has so many of those tenants that we were talking about. It's got 
the, the way it swings wildly from one style and groove from another, the way it obviously Jordy Grieve is the gremlin frontman, like what he's doing on this album, not only combining, he, he, he combines every style in the book. Like he sings beautifully sometimes, but then sometimes he will literally sound like, like, like just little gremlin sound effect noises. And then other times he will say, she moves with a, I mean, she moves with a purpose is just the one that like really unlocked all of our brains because like we've talked about, like as it keeps repeating, you start, it's like when you look at a word for too long and you're like, okay, I think that's how that word is correctly spelled, but for whatever reason, it just looks wrong to my brain right now. Like, why does that word have a letter in it? Like the more he keeps saying she moves with a purpose and saying it in every Daffy Duck ass different vocal reading he says it like it just loses all its meaning and then the fact that this the sampled weird screamings that are in the background is also like such a they are really the band that takes the instrumental rock influences of this decade and combines them with i mean they've cited death grips as like a really big inspiration of this album and, and they're combining it with this crazy collage like structure to their songs where they're just like we are gonna jam for a long time and come up with all these musical ideas and we're gonna throw them together into a pot that doesn't seem like it should make any sense and it totally does and i think the re the key to that all working i really think i gotta give it up to uh black midi's drummer who when i saw them live for the first time and watched him do all of these rapid shifts and switches and grooves and, and directions like he is the compass that keeps this band from just completely falling off the face of like intelligibility and comprehension like he's just one of the best drummers in the uh what is it morgan simpson the drummer morgan simpson yes <laughs> yes he is he is a real fucking talent and i think he's one of the many reasons why i think this record is just so massive and so one of the best debuts i mean like of this decade in a long time it's just so fully formed like it really feels like they were locked away somewhere in some dark castle so and they were unleashed upon the world just as this fully formed virus this 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 plague upon music in a good way though <laughs> yeah yeah it, it kind of to, to tie things all together, like back to what we were like talking about way back with Gay Disco, it like really feels like he is the glue that holds all these like very strange shifts and like riffs, if you could even call them that, or like Jordy Greep's whatever the fuck he's doing vocally, like whatever phrases he's throwing out and makes it sound like it's an intentional piece of music coming together rather than like a bunch of people just kind of going to town on their instruments and like a short king being feral on the mic it's yes. like not that not that he is not because he is still very much that but like i think one of the things that um i i had mentioned when i was revisiting this earlier today and i mentioned it in our like chat was how even with the like breadth of different albums that we've talked about that we've been like kind of building up to chronologically and like seeing all the groundwork laid out and being able to like identify pieces of gremlin dna specifically like black midi gremlin dna in like all of these other albums 
this album still feels like very much like nothing else and it feels like a fully like unique product that like only they could have made it it really truly feels like they're taking all of these elements and putting such a wild spin on how they all come together that the the end product creates this utter chaos in a way that like none of the other albums even like particularly sing to as much as i love a bunch of the other albums that we have talked about it like really kind of feels like brain being cracked open being touched by forbidden knowledge <laughs> oh my god yes i, I love I, lie, she is moving with a purpose though she do she <laughs> do be moving with a purpose <laughs> oh, I, I, i've gotten word that she may or may not be moving with some form of purpose what you were saying though is so true though it's like there is such a fine delicate line you have to walk between chaos that is still like that you can still jam to that is still intelligible that is still like you feel it in your body but that also has this unpredictability like because they can go in any direction musically seemingly at the drop of a hat and their drummer can just like do that without having to break a sweat uh that allows them to do all these crazy shifts without ever making the listener feel like you're lost or like this band doesn't you, you don't know where it's going but you can always tell that they know where it's going and when you combine that with the fact that at any point you have absolutely no idea what Jordy Grief is going to do or say or be possessed by the spirit of and that creates a listening that like no matter how, how much I listen to this album, you will always be like, it, unless, as long as you take some time off before you return to it, there's always going to be something that like really smacks you in the face. Like I forgot that it does that. What the hell? Like it, it, there's so many ideas and nuggets for you to just uh, latch onto over time as you keep returning to it over and over again. And yeah. I, I think we were not at all wrong to hype this album as much as we did right when it came out like it really does feel like a seismic shift yeah it feels it feels oh i was just gonna say it feels really like that sort of instant classic and i i i want to say we have the same brain there because like i'm thinking about like demonic possession as the force that kind of possesses jordy grief particularly whenever he blasts off into whatever sort of howling and screeching and like random strings of like characters and phonetic intonations it's like he's being like taken over by some sort of demonic entity that knows a bunch of other languages and is fluent in it it's just coursing through his body he's letting it just run right through yeah yeah and to go on a a bit like i think y'all talk about the chaos of it but i kind of feel it's a very orderly album in a sense like you can kind of track every song like even if the melodies feel off like you can track the basic structure of any, you know, rhythmic section to like a good count. Like, you know, like that opening track with 953, that like you can knock that down to a science the way it kind of shifts and like, you know, every four bars, like they'll shift in that way. Like it's just this very subtle sense of movement that you don't really check and like you're actively like zoning in on that. But it's like such well honed precision that like it's pretty genius, and it reminds me a lot of uh, to throw out an album that probably hasn't thought about in this conversation. Uh, from I believe it's from 2008, uh, Battles' debut Atlas. Mm. Oh yeah, it reminds I... me a lot of that in a way, like specifically like that kind of you know like locking into very rigid structures and like morphing on them over and over. You know, like especially I feel like 
Ice Cream by Battles is a very proto-Gremlin song. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the one thing that we have like barely touched on here is sort of how a lot of math rock informs a lot of the more groove-centric Gremlin stuff that we've been talking about, especially kind of like the ones that have these very sort of atypical structures or time signatures that feel intentionally jagged or like they're they're sort of like playing with the the forms of the thing in a way that's supposed to catch you off guard and keep you on your toes and i feel like this is definitely really clearly indebted to that in a way that like even among some of the other ones that we've talked about is like really really vitally clear especially in how some of those riffs work in such odd time signatures but the sense of like precision and kind of like locked inness that everybody is like on top of at the same time always feels like you're with it even when it is kind of like taking those very strange routes yeah yeah and uh like definitely i think my favorite track on this album is still like to this day even before the album was like speedway slaps so hard <laughs> like specifically just that like locked time group that they stay in for the entire time even when you know the drums are like just rattling around doing all dozens of variations on that one pattern that you know like just it manages to find so many ways around the same thing and that's something that i think is a strength to this album is like you know they can say the same thing a hundred times musically or like in just words but every time it's a different variation you know he's not just saying that she moves with a purpose like you know, she's like, she moves with a purpose. He found every single way to say that <laughs> phrase, and he says all of them in that song. And he still somehow exactly. finds new ways to say it live. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, see, seeing them live is, is great, too, because you get to see, like, what a machine they are, and that they can perfectly recreate these seemingly, like, chaotic constructions, but then also that, like, you can tell by the way they perform them, like, oh, this is just really coming out of them. It's not, like, this elaborately put-together thing, like, there was one day in the studio where they just were jamming out for fun and all of a sudden stumbled their way into this fucking cacophony and they're like, wait a second, this is really good, but what what if over it, Jordy, you sang, I dream of a woman with the teeth of a raven and the hands of a porcupine, and they were like, that's genius. Put it on the album. That's fucking line. Go off, King. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. The I want to especially call attention to, since it's playing now, of Schlagenheim, which, like, really sort of nails that vibe, especially the section that's about to come up here, where for so much of the song, once it kind of kicks off into high gear, it's settled around this same kind of, like, groove. But, like, as things progress, they, like, very sort of subtly, like, up the tempo, or, yeah. like, Morgan Simpson is, like, doing all these, like, completely nutty things on, like, his drum heads, or, like, adding in extra kicks. And it's one of those things where, because of the locked-inness, they're able to continually and perpetually just kind of add to the chaos in it, in a way that is just so viscerally compelling to listen to. Totally. Yeah, and, yeah that's the thing, is, like, they add layers in a progressive manner where, like, you can't tell when they plan to do it, but they know, because they're locked in with that simple precision and that's something that i think is so key to it is like precision exactly yeah. ordered chaos if you will 
I, I, I will, I will try to, uh, to stay off of any of, of redacted discussion. However, I do think I, I have been thinking a lot about Ween this week. I have been listening to a lot of Ween for reasons that will perhaps be explained on a future episode of the Andy Heads podcast. But I've been listening to a lot of Ween. And the, the, the thing that is great about Ween is that they are insanely, insanely talented musicians who but they just fuck around. very often will intentionally make songs that are obnoxious as shit. And will in very intentionally use their musical talents to do whatever dumb bullshit they are fascinated with. And I think Schlagenheim, Black Midi have that kind of a thing where they they do this this album does have feeling to it and ideas in it, and it's not entirely just like Jordy Greep saying bullshit like we've talked about. Like all, somehow through absurd nonsense, these bands are able to. Com- communicate really potent ideas like near detroit michigan is a really great example of that where even though they do it in a very abstract sort of way you can tell like based on the song title and based on the lyrics you can figure out what he's what it's about it's about the flint water crisis and that sort of thing but i really think that uh this 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 whole album is a great example of that kind of the, the way that 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 he's saying like nonsense bullshit like he gets to he gets to have lyrics that like actually kind of affect you but he also has lyrics like that are just like literally like completely just absurd like hands of a raven teeth of a porcupine and and because the instrumental is just so compelling that you like don't even have the mental capacity to process that he just said that the first time you hear it yeah and that's i feel like that's we we gotta shout out the fact that like the other um members of the band who each get their turn on vocals all kind of like add to the gremlin energy in their own particular way Mm -hmm. like speedway as we mentioned with this like very sort of like monotone sort of drone that kind of suckers you in and continues to build before it like yanks it all back and then like years ago where you just have this completely feral distorted energy of just uh this riff on a weird viral talk show clip and like broken polish going throughout it is it it is the kind of thing where they just like will throw all of these random things out there with this either scaled back or totally insane energy and like the ways in which each band member is really tapped into the gremlin mindset here and like really forwarding the ideas that we've been talking about that have come into play i think is especially vital in how the record like sings as a whole totally and as i'm listening to this just now i'm kind of realizing what makes black midi a great example of like when you can make exceptions to the 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 singing rule is that when black midi actually sing like they do on western or when they stumble into like a really beautiful section or a section that's like really melodic and traditional it feels so weird <laughs> after what you've just been through it like yeah it's like them returning yeah, I mean, to I'm... traditional structures is in its own way subversive because <laughs> you're like so you've been so off disoriented by the first four tracks that like when he goes into like the kind of traditional balladry voice that he does on western you're just like wait what the hell like what what's going on here and i think that is what makes it so effective yeah and i mean we're only a couple minutes away from him just going like <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. The I remember. I distinctly remember the first time that I listened to this album. Like when it was getting hyped up, it was like nine fifty three is just like one of those openers that just throws you off right out of the gate of just being like, "What the hell am I even listening to?" Because it's like 
math rock but gremlin minded and then when i got to this song it's it's just one of those left field turns that because it comes like smack in the middle of the album after so much chaotic energy before it was just kind of like it, it really kind of felt like a moment where like it pushed me into galaxy brain mentality yeah i mean like the first four songs on this album are like just intense really speedy jams and then this song is just like okay we're gonna slow it down okay we're back again yeah it's it's the the pacing this is so wild i it, it is it is an impeccably structured album like it I is but it, it is but it also shouldn't be like when i look at yeah, it, on it pa- really <laughs> when i look at it on paper i'm like there's no way this should this should go down smooth but it like, does how, how can you have the eight minute like the longest song your album be the middle of it it makes no sense it does not make a lot of sense i mean when i first the very first black midi song i ever heard was the video for Schla- for not, uh, for speedway was the very first yeah, song same. i ever heard and i even though that is not my favorite song on the album i have not had an experience like listening to speedway in a really long time like it, it it really reminds me of death grips where it's not just that oh this band is kind of weird like it's the combination of these visuals and this instrumental style and this vocal style where I'm just like, is this an artifact from another dimension? Am I not supposed to see this? Like, it doesn't feel like music that is being marketed to me by a musician and an artist who is, it it feels like it is an artifact from another world. And I think that's what gremlin music at its best can be. And I think that this album, I mean, it's just, it's just a classic. It's, it's, it's the text from which we have, drawn this whole theory from for a reason because it's got all the elements here um well folks uh it is my turn to speak um honestly I, oh is it now yeah it's it, it, <laughs> it, there was a little error earlier where i my mic was muted and i was trying to introduce this record so you won't hear that in the final version but there's the official war um i mean honestly what y'all said i i have nothing else much to say other than like this record, I mean, more or less, like for me, when I when I think about this record, obviously I think about their set of pitch for 2019, the goddamn mud pit, the I mean, the perfect way to experience Black Midi in a in a pit full of just characters just getting extremely fucking dirty. There's a photo of me and AJ like yes. right after that set where my pants are ruined. My shoes are caked in mud. I ruined my favorite Wise Blood shirt because of that fucking set. I'm still <laughs> mad about that. But, like, that's the thing with the, with, with Black Midi is that at the end of the day when I listen to them, it, it, you just give – got to give in to the feeling. And that and that's what makes the record so special to me is that, like, with a lot of records, it's just like, okay, I'm like, I'm thinking about what they're saying. And this is just – I give in to the feeling. I give in to my inner gremlin, and that's that's it. You know, there's not it's, – it's hard to articulate myself with how much I like this record so much. But obviously, I think we should we should mention we, we mentioned this I think on part one, but um or at least in the in the pre chat of the, the an important document to to articulating the gremlin <laughs> mindset of course is AJ's uh, indie heads album of the year 2019 write up on Schlagenheim, which I will read uh, the, the 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 first part regarding the gremlin mindset. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw over Doctor because I think that's a perfect way to to ramp up as I'm as I'm saying some of these things. Regarding the gremlin mindset, the gremlin understands that bodies are temporary vessels, 
Noxious and Hellspawn, they acknowledge no structure nor code, seeking only momentum, carried by mindless fervor toward an ir irreconcilable pressure. They move with a purpose. Recognizing that a more orthodox authority exists only to become outdated and arrayed, the gremlin lives by a code that is at once unspoken and cast in a bloody scripture, falling not flat or addict, but a feeling. Where prescriptive statu statutes fails to harness them, they deny their traditional hierarchy and forgo all formality. Inscrutable and enigmatic, the gremlin lives only as they move. What a magnificent purpose. And I'll keep going on, on some of these things. There's so many wonderful quotes <laughs> throughout this this record, uh, throughout this thing. I could go on, but seriously, read the entire write-up. Um, it is, it is, I think, a fantastic descriptor of, of the feeling of the gremlin mindset. Of, of what it's like to, to embed yourself in it and, and live in it and uh, get get really muddy in a, in a pit with all your all your your friends and whatnot and and a and a, and a, and a, and a friend you haven't seen in, in four years who you slept in a bed with in a shitty Airbnb in 2016. It's wonderful, <laughs> wonderful record. Um, I, I I love this record dearly. I think you all three said said everything that needs to be said about it. Um, folks, she moves with a goddamn purpose. All right. What a magnificent oh, purpose! She... What a magnificent purpose! But yeah, I think I think that'll do it for for this 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 episode. So of course, this is only volume one of the Grimma mindset. We, the Grimma mindset is of course it is ever evolving. It is constantly adding new scripture. It is like the constitution of the Indie Hits podcast. We are adding on it. We are building amendments. Uh, new 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 descriptors can come through. And of course, uh, since the release of Schlagenheim and BM, 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 there's been a lot of really great music that has popped up that we can define as gremlin mindset music. So uh, Dan Carey has been busy. He's been very busy in the last exactly. couple of years. And we will discuss all of his all of his new children. Exactly. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode here. Uh, volume two, of the gremlin mindset, hopefully coming later this summer. We will uh, we'll, we'll see how things go. But we promise you there will be more and we cannot wait to talk about more of this, 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 this gremlin music. We cannot wait to embed ourselves in the mindset because it is the, the mindset that you have to be in when you're dealing with the things that we are currently dealing with in this country and in the world at large. So yeah, that, that, that'll do it. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, and um, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.
I am in 